Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello. Welcome. Life let's chat. It's hard. You want to talk? I know. That's disappointing. Sit back. Let's work this How's out. How's it going? What are we doing here? Where are you going? Okay, so this uh, this episode is from Lindsay, who is a victim of Amanda C. Riley, and there is a very popular podcast on like Lionsgate uh, audio. I think they have podcasts. It's a very popular deep dive season called scam scamanda scum scum oh i thought you came up with that no i thought that was clever so oh thank you well i didn't come up with it um so maybe we're going to talk more about scam how do you how do i say it scamanda 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 oh i think it's scam scamanda scamanda yeah, so it's really, really popular podcast that came out this year. Um, and it basically, the podcast takes listeners inside the blogger Amanda C. Riley's fake cancer scheme. So that's basically what the entirety of the podcast is. So a lot of people that are into podcasts were already familiar with this case. And Lindsay, our uh storyteller today she is one of the victims of amanda c riley and uh you know part of that world of skimanda wow i didn't know her her name did sound really familiar though but then isn't there an actor that has a similar name well i liked it in this episode when um when Lindsay like does the big reveal about who, who a month, like she's talking about going to church and a month in she meets who turns out to be Scamanda and she says her name really dramatically. She goes, Amanda C. Riley. Like we're all supposed to have a collective gasp. Yeah. Like, it was like Barack Hussein Obama. And, yeah. 
And that person was Mary Todd Lincoln. What? Don't. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I did not have that. No. <laughs> I I didn't have that reaction. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, whoever that bitch is. That's a full name. Amanda full name? Full C. Riley. But when you're living in that world, and, and it sounds like her whole world has been blown up for a handful of years now because of this person. Um, yeah, that's a dramatic name to drop. Welcome to Trauma Bonded. I'm Ellie Westberg, and I'm here with Therese Garcia. Hello, hello. And today we're discussing, this is actually happening, episode 292, What If a Shocking Lie Revealed Your Inner Truth? Lindsay, our storyteller, she grows up controlled by an authoritarian father, and food is used as punishment and control. She develops OCD and then a severe eating disorder, and at the depths of her suffering, she gets cajoled into attending a megachurch. There, a loving community brings her the acceptance she craves, but she also meets Amanda C. Riley, who is revealed later to be scamming people out of money, blood, prayers, and sympathy due to her cancer fraud. And though Lindsay is one of the casualties of Scamanda, Scamanda, she is able to find her inner truth and ends up being a bright light by spreading the truth of everything she's actually endured. And full disclosure, I am the showrunner for This Is Actually Happening, and I have the privilege to vet stories and conduct pre-interviews before they go to WIT for the final interview. And T comes in. She knows nothing about anything. She's fresh. This show, Trauma Slash Bonded, is for the listeners, a space where we can talk about each episode, digest it, and reflect on it with a bit, with a lot of empathy and a bit of levity. what stuck out to you as the heart of Lindsay's story yeah well I I've noticed this even throughout all of the this actually happening podcast but this one stood out for me is just really recognizing our responsibility as people and humans and the way that we have we have the power really to shape that our world, right? So like as a parent, as a friend, family, stranger, right? How do you treat your servers? You know what I mean? Um, I do know what you mean. There's like far reaching impacts in people's lives and that we need to recognize that and understand that. And I think she starts to, to see that <clears throat> towards the end of her story, right? And when she says, you know, She's able to speak and be that light, you know, and be more authentic. And she says, today I feel powerful. Yeah. So, yeah, got me thinking. Like we have more power than we re- realize that we do. Oh, yeah. Like this kind of butterfly I mean, effect kind of thing. Yeah, it's a ripple. It's a ripple, yeah. you know. The the dad being that way yeah, affected her not only in time, decades, but in, in all of her suffering. Wow, yeah. Throughout her life. 
one and she acknowledges that it was how he was probably treated as well mm-hmm. that get gets pushed on pushed on to him and then she's like a result of or she gets the treatment uh, uh through the lens of misogyny there's a ripple effect but then there's also this seeing her brother now be mm-hmm. an effect of her 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 dad like there there was not a cycle or an effect that was broken yeah wow and like negatively and positively it is true ma'am yes. like yeah just to be kind to a person in a checkout mm-hmm. situation or yeah kind to your server kind to the amc employee that is just doing their job asking to see your id see yeah see and it it's could sometimes it's like a conscious effort oh yeah especially for you yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just so i'm rude that was that, no i am now i'm now i'm i'm ruining it but yeah. I get like all stank face. I can't hide it. Oh my God. Your stank face is like, you're not happy with that. And, and you're right. We have more power than we think. We have power for good and power for bad. We have more power than we realize that we do. Yeah. And to take it as like a real responsibility to consider yes. it as such. Wow. That's, that's deep. Like thinking about, just your responsibility to humanity whenever you interact with someone else you have whether it's big or small interaction you have a responsibility to lead with kindness patience tolerance it doesn't seem that difficult to do but yet some of us have real troubles ellie no, I'm, yeah. Ellie is one of the kindest, most generous people I know. I just like to poke her. Poke her? Barely know her. <laughs> I think the heart of Lindsay's story, I mean, sadly, I think it's control. Um, you know, she learns control is power. Wow. You just Whoa. like, I think we just put everything together. I think so, too. She learned, she's taught that control is power, but she realizes by the end that that control isn't power. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I'm kind of, yeah, it's like blowing my mind because also control is power. Control is kind of a weird word. Yeah. It's a great Janet Jackson song too. How's that go? I want to be the one in control. Um, God, I can't remember a chorus. Okay, so is that the one when she's wearing the military kind of looking thing, and then she she stands on the chair and goes? Okay, feels like you're conflating a couple videos. I feel oh, like you're sorry. conflating Rhythm Nation with Pleasure Principle. Pleasure okay, Principle, she... control, yeah. <laughs> pleasure Principle, <laughs> she's wearing like a black shirt that's tucked into black jeans, and she does do, and she's got like knee pads on. She's kind of like running around, dancing around, and a hat. like she a warehouse. A hat. 
No. Black hat on. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't... No. Again, that's Rhythm Nation. Uh, she, oh, okay. In Rhythm Nation, she's wearing sort of a military-esque okay. outfit. She does have a black hat on. She is in sort of a okay. warehouse environment, but she's got other dancers with her. Right. In Pleasure Principle, she's just running around by herself. Pleasure Principle. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. I was obsessed with her. She is acting. an icon. She really is. Man, they don't make them like that anymore. I mean, I they might. I don't know. I have no idea what's out there. Um. So anyways... <laughs> Well, wow, we're really staying <laughs> on topic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so she learns from her father that control is power. And and this power that or this control this control becomes the sort of like game ball between them. It's this uh he's he's gonna withhold food from her as a show of power and she's gonna say oh yeah well i don't want your stinking food anyway so now that's starting to develop this feeling of power around food because when you when the father starts withholding food as punishment you're you're essentially creating you're already starting to create a negative relationship with food And then if you think of, and then moving on to, she has OCD and this is a perceived control issue that she has where she thinks that she can control the safety of everyone around her if she just knocks three times or blinks her eyes or whatever she says. And these intrusive thoughts that come into her head have to be addressed and controlled. And then she says she gets to the eating disorder and this is the most obvious show of control and we've heard about this before what can lead to an eating disorder is when your life is so out of control the only thing that you feel like you can control is every little bit that goes into your body what goes into you now control the theme of control keeps going because then she finally gets cajoled into going to a mega church now the thing about church and faith and God and all of that is the church, the church or the Bible or the God, God or religion, however you want to say. Wait, let me just say something really quick. I am not anti-God. Neither am I. Thank you. We can be anti-religion. Thank you. And there are a lot of people in churches that would say they're anti-religion. So let's just be clear about that. I got feelings about church groups in general like organized yeah yeah so a church asks you to give up control right there's this whole thing about let go let god you Mm -hmm. know um so someone that's so into control would probably would probably feel entering church life is is probably a difficult thing And then she meets Scamanda and now she's facing like sort of this, well, it's fraud. So it's probably really confusing, but there's also this medical uncertainty in her life. So she's got this loss of control. So she, she can't force God and she can't force medicine. So 
because of the way Lindsay's mind is wired, that's where you get her being so extra. That's why she's always at church serving. Mm-hmm. She's always praying. Cause these are the way, cause when we can't control God, this is the way we think we're going to get God to move. We're going to serve. We're going to be at church. We're going to pray. We're going to, and then she does. And then she can't, she does all she, because of medical uncertainty that she can't control. She does all that she can to save a life. She's always giving her blood platelets till she gets cut off. She's always brandishing uh, Amanda, like, um, swag, like merch whenever, yeah. yeah, Whenever she, um, (laughs) goes into the hospital, right. Because she's, she can't force medicine. So she's doing all she can to move medicine to move healing in her body. So it's like a, a control and then a lack of control, I think is like the, like a balancing thing that happens in the episode. And then the end when the facade of Scamanda is, is wiped away and Lindsay's standing there going, what the fuck? Wait, what, 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 what? This bright light, this magical woman, this woman that didn't seem possible. It, it doesn't actually really exist. Turns out. Wow. I'm going to reflect on that. And one, she realizes then that she has more power than she ever thought she did. Because even though she seems to indict herself for causing her medical problems, um, she kind of forgives herself for that and, and recognizes that she can be an Amanda type person, but actually have be, have a base of truth beneath her. And instead of living in a lie or a fraud or a scam, she's spreading truth everywhere she goes. And it's magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk a little bit more about Scamanda? Yeah, but I also wanted... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of our listeners had listened to that podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go on. What do you, no, you want to say I just wanted to acknowledge that I think our hearts are connected. I do, too. There's something there. Yeah. Power, control, good, bad. Yeah. You know. Relinquishing control. There's also that. Yeah. Too much control, less control. What do you... Acknowledging things you, you can't control. Yeah. But one thing you can definitely control is yourself when you're being responsible to other human beings. Mm-hmm. You can do that every time. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Which is what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you can do it. You can do it. It can be done. Yeah, let's talk about Scamanda. Scamanda. Um, just a really brief, I'm just going to read a really brief synopsis of sort of what it is. I talked about it at the beginning, but it it is this podcast, really popular. Um, for seven years, Amanda C. Riley told people that she had Hodgkin's lymphoma and she was lying. She has two kids. She swindled over $100,000 from 30, 349 donors. Um, so in 2012, the California-based Christian blogger, I'm taking this from a Yahoo article, um, she started Good a- it she started a blog called lymphoma can suck it. And 
it documented her journey after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in her late 20s, and she used her blog and social media to publicize her journey with the aggressive form of cancer, winning over sympathy from friends, strangers, and even celebrities who gave her money for her medical treatments. The only problem, Riley didn't have fucking cancer. So she never had any cancer treatments because she never had the disease. And according to the criminal complaint filed by the IRS, uh, she used the ruse of the illness to bilk people out of thousands and thousands of dollars. So Riley is the subject of Charlie Webster's hit podcast, Scamanda, which exposes Riley's web of lies with the help of Riley's victims, journalists, and law enforcement who worked the case. And Lindsay is featured on that, sh- that, that season, on that um, podcast series. So Riley shared on her blog that she was near death a few times and then she would experience a terminal miracle that would expl- inexplicably, inexplicably put her cancer into remission, taking her followers on an emotionally manipulative ride. At one point, Riley even claimed that her pregnancy had reversed the cancer. <laughs> We're not doctors, but we ain't that dumb. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so the case wouldn't have happened without the work of investigative producer Nancy Mascatiello, Mascatiello, who began an, an initial investigation into Riley after receiving an anonymous tip that she should look into the blogger in 2019. Riley quickly went on the offensive and attempted to sue her for civil harassment. I, I love it when liars double down. It's my fave. Yeah. Because you look you like double more down. of an ass. You look, yeah, you gotta du- you gotta do the double down. You have to double down. <laughs> at that um, point, Moscatiello's own sister had died of cancer and dug in, calling the hospitals and clinics Riley claimed to have been treated at, and closely examined the photos she posted on her blog. So by May 2022, Riley pled guilty to wire fraud. She was ordered to pay restitution in the amount of hundred five thousand dollars and sentenced to sixty months in prison. The case made IRS history for being the first financial conviction of someone who faked cancer for fundraising purposes. She's currently incarcerated at FMC Carswell, a federal prison in Fort Worth, Texas. How much longer does she have? Let's see. Well, she got a 60-month sentence, and that's from August 2023. Oh, Oh, so she just went in. So May 2022, I think. I don't know if that's oh. when she entered prison, but maybe around that time, summer 2022. So she's still got a handful like of years left. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And I was also thinking, like, how do you, how did this start? You know? How right. How did something like that start? Like, be, you want to be in the mind of Amanda C. Riley. Or just to be a fly on the wall. Like, I wonder if it was like an accidental misunderstanding and she like went with it. And just grew and grew and grew. Wow, you're so nice to people. Like she, she got sympathy. She was getting like a lot of like, you can do it. Go on. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, what usually motivates people? Like, like people. Money, money, oh, well, honey. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Hold for train. But she probably liked the recognition as well. The attention. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a whole. But that's a lie to carry off, man. You're never going to get away with it ever. I mean, especially if you keep gaining notoriety, I guess like Leanne rhymes through like a show for her, like, Oh, 
Okay, let's get back to Lindsay. Okay. And we'll, I'm sure we'll keep talking about Amanda C. Riley as we progress. But let's talk about Lindsay. Um, but I do, I mean, I say all that to say, though, like, if anything I said is interesting to you, you should seek out that podcast. Uh, it's, it's where all the podcasts are. Scamanda. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, so, you know, early on, Lindsay, you know, she's got to deal with all this shit from her dad, which we t- touched on. Um, and I don't want to sound unsympathetic right at this moment, but when she mentions that she was going to an amusement park, I had this, I don't know why I thought this, but I had this little moment of, oh, and this, and this is where she reveals that she became a roller coaster enthusiast. Like I wasn't expecting the sexual assault to, um, yeah, <clears throat> like it really, that really took a turn. Um, and it, and it feels like a, bigger sexual assault happens here than than she explains i'm I'm not saying i'm not trying to minimize what happened to her but i feel like there was a part that maybe was omitted um but now she's linked you know she's got this nausea um which is another reason not to eat and then for her father to invite the abuser back in when she clearly is demonstrating what fear um but who does that anyway? Oh yeah, stranger person who's older yeah. than my eleven-year-old. Be alone with my daughter. I'll close the door. I imagine they were in like a nice neighborhood or something. Yeah. And he's like, oh, if they get married, I don't know what he's thinking, but it's gross. Well, she does say that her father is extremely misogynistic. He's a misogynist, and. It was framed to her from a very early age that the expectation for women is to be sexy, and maybe this is like the point of athe- uh, point point of view, like atheism, because she says that she was an atheist. Because um, I feel like my father, God rest his soul, we kind of joke in our family now that he that we have internalized misogyny because of him. But his was like more subversive because he has a wife and three daughters, right? So he's not going to outwardly say like he hates women. And he didn't. I'm not trying to paint my dad like he did. But he had had trouble with loud, opinionated, 
brash women and so there was always a narrative in the house like he hated whoopi goldberg he hated rosie o'donnell he hated um jane fonda you know he would just say Mm. these comments and it took me you know to getting to an adult to look back and go oh that's where my internalized misogyny comes from because just but it didn't stop any of you guys from from being loud brash strong (laughs) women everyone i I feel like i know i know but it but it's also interesting because also thinking about how women are supposed to be in that world since we weren't atheistic we were theistic it's a different sort of message It's, it's not telling women to be sexy it's telling them to be pure so that you can be a good wife and a good mom and then you can be available to a head of a household but it's interesting to think about misogyny in these two different worlds and the messages that get sent to women and both are telling the woman you're here to you exist to serve someone else and not yourself i just thought that was an interesting that is interesting and also, you know, we always talk about the messages that women get in the media and things like that. Yeah. But this was coming from inside the house, you know? Like, it's right there. Yeah. Like, you don't have someone being like, no, no, don't, that's ridiculous, you know? You have someone who's like, yes, keep being sexy because that's your worth. Right. And it's just, it's a constant narrative that you're constantly hearing and you can't help but internalize that message and just throw it on the pile of all the other messages that you're getting well not to jump ahead also is like when she was losing more and more weight compliments people are telling her yeah she's looking sexy it's like okay it's working yeah confirmation reassurance Quit, quit, just quit commenting on, yeah, quit commenting on people's bodies. Oh, you look good. Have you lost weight? Have you been losing weight? Oh, are you having a tough time? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a nice way. My mom's like, you look fat. (laughs) Like, all right. (laughs) I probably look it because I am. Okay. F you, mom. Yeah. F your mother. So she's not winning any thin prizes. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Go eat your fish heads, Elsa. (laughs) And Um, fish eyes. And the eyes. That's not racial. Um, Well, (laughs) she just really likes fish heads. Anyway, well, I mean, that happened in my household, too. I mean, my... My parents were obsessed with weight loss and they were always trying the newest diet scam that we had all of the different Nordic tracks in our house, like the Tony little machine, like anything that you could find on an infomercial we had in the house. So I also got very negative uh, ideas about food very early on. And again, my dad, bless, bless him. Love, love you, dad. Rest in peace. He was, he was really concerned about weight. Now he wouldn't ever say aloud to us like, oh, it looks like you're putting on weight, but the opposite always happened. 
So like when I was at my smallest, like he always commented on it, like, oh, you look great. You're so small. Da, da, da. And it was, and it was ironically, it was more my dad than my mom. You know, my mom would say stuff too, but he would always comment it, comment on it. And the problem that exists there is when you think it's a good thing. Oh, people are complimenting me because they're noticing the hard work I'm putting in. But what it actually does is it sets up this expectation of when I see this person, they're going to let me know how if I look good. And if they don't say I look good, then that means I look bad. Because it didn't take long for me to put weight back on. And I remember... I was walking off of, uh, I was walking down the tarmac from getting off a plane to come visit him. And I was with Katie, my, my other sister, and she's like good at fitness. And we like run up to my dad and right away, my dad was like, Katie, you look amazing. And then he, hu- he just hugs me, you know, and I noticed and you too. There you are. I noticed the absence of a compliment and not just because Katie was there, but just because I know that if he did think I looked good, he would have said so. Love you, dad. You fucked that up. <laughs> right? So I say all that to say, <laughs> let's just stop talking about people's bodies and yeah. all. It's not yours to comment on. If someone asks you directly, have a conversation. But don't don't be handing out compliments if unless you're going to do it all the time. <laughs> you know? You look good in that. You look good in this. You look good in that. And then don't just shut up when you think someone doesn't look good because they're they're hanging out for that compliment. Like be complimentary, but don't talk about people's bodies. And just you're really good at debate, right? If you were walking down the tarmac, he gives you a hug. You're a great debater. You look good, Katie. But Ellie, great at debate. Back in the day. Not as much anymore. But and I really don't know what I'm talking about, but you told me back then that you were good at it. So you must have been. So glad that we can bring it back to debate again. Um I I mean the difference there is your dad's not withholding food. Right. As a punishment. Right, right. It's more subtle. Right. But I think this is all these like subtle messages that really get into mm-hmm. girls and boys brains. I'm not saying it doesn't exist for men either. Um, like you have kids. Do you guys talk about this? Like, do you make a conscious effort to not just compliment them on how they look, but like their kindness, their yeah. Yeah. Their empathy, their funniness, their smartness. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know that you do. I'm asking like a question I already know the answer to. But is that, I guess I don't know. Is that something you and Gwen specifically talk about that you want to make sure that you know that your kids have value outside of their appearance? I don't think we've talked about it. I think we just do it. You just do it because you're just good people. Well, I don't, I've always thought th- this kind of mindset, right? I'm not going to just say like, look at you, you're so juicy, skinny or whatever. It's like, yeah. okay, but like, am I funny? You know? Yeah. Like I tell Arlo, you know, you make me laugh every day. Yeah. Stuff like that. Not like, it's so random. Like hot in those jeans. It's so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, what, why would I ever say that? What, like, mama? <laughs> Howdy alert. 
<laughs> but I think that so does random. happen in certain households. At that age, too, so weird. It forms you. It forms your brain. To be yeah. Like, oh, look at him. You know, jeans. you hear people say like, "Oh, look at him. He's going to be a heartbreaker." Oh, aren't you a heartbreaker? Aren't, aren't yeah. you? You have a girlfriend. You got a girlfriend. People yeah. said that. I bet, yeah. All I that. bet you. And you're sending messages to kids that their value is in how they look and if they can attract a partner. And it's gross. I know. I know. People have said that a lot. Yeah. And they're like, are you going to have a girlfriend? And if I'm feeling, because I am I need to sometimes curb it, but I'm like, or boyfriend. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or, or or just be or alone, which is totally fine. Non-binary. Yeah. Could be non-binary or not at all. Yeah. Independent. Yeah. Or don't worry like, about okay. that stuff right now. You have you have yeah. plenty of time to worry about that stuff. Yeah. You know what? What are you excited about like tomorrow? Three. Yeah. What do you What yeah. do you want to What do you want to be when you grow up? What are you yeah. interested well, let's in? Let's talk about sharks. Like, why do we have let's to talk about fucking sharks, everyone? man? Why do we have all to... day? We've been talking about sharks for four years, and he knows a shit ton about sharks, man. A shit ton. A shit ton. It's a good focus area, not. Yeah. Do I look sexy in these jeans? It's like, you're so weird. What a weird thing to say about a six-year-old. Yeah. You know? I think it just <clears throat> it is natural in people. They want to comment on how people look, especially if it's a desirable look. It's like we can't help ourselves. We just need to be better. Stop. Stop it. You know, Lindsay points out at the end... And I think this is a big come around for her because, and she kind of talks about it. It's sprinkled all throughout. There's almost like this trauma competition that exists between her and Lindsay. I'm sorry, between Lindsay okay. and Amanda. Um, yes. And and I don't know. I mean, Amanda clearly is playing, but she doesn't want Lindsay to know that she's playing. <laughs> but there is this competition that exists, right? Like who's got it worse? And, and Lindsay always diminishes hers because it's this chosen pain it's the self-inflicted pain versus amanda's whose is it's random and it's it's undeserving and it's uh and and so there's a lot of like it's like one it reduces like the value of what Lindsay is going through but it also like kind of paints it as shameful in some way. Oh, you caused yours, whereas this bitch, she didn't do anything to get hers. And she and didn't cause hers. I'm just that I'm saying that's how that. Lindsay is framing it in and her mind. And she says it. Literally. And she says, says it. That. Yeah. But yeah. And and not only is Amanda like dealing with this thing she didn't deserve or ask for, but she's still so happy and she's juggling all these things and she's such a good Christian and a mom. She's going to Stanford. It's amazing. And I think a big takeaway for Lindsay at the end is to recognize one, that that trauma competition is bullshit and that, and she even talks about her own legitimacy around her trauma. Like she finally recognized it as, as legitimate and realizes her own struggle is as real as someone going through cancer or someone faking cancer like her struggle is real and this is again something we've talked about on the show before 
because we are talking about sort of a trauma-based podcast, there is this tendency for people to compare or to throw this element of competition. Oh, my story isn't as like severe as your story. That story isn't as severe as that story. That's all bullshit. Everyone's story. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a struggle and is going through struggle that is real, that is legitimate. And important. And important. And there is no competition. So quit trying to have a trauma competition. But sometimes it's not competition. It's more like, I shouldn't be feeling this way because somebody else had it worse. Yes. It's almost a guilt. And that's a nuance that I see what you're saying because we should have perspective. You know? Yeah. I agree with that. So balance your, realize your struggle is real. And, but give yourself that perspective check. Know that maybe it could be worse. But if you're in it and you, and you can't manage a perspective check, that's okay too. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll get there eventually. Sometimes we just need to feel our pain or feel our struggles. And it's, it's easy for people on the outside to go, yeah, but it's not as bad as or you could have, or it would be a lot worse if this would have happened. No, just let people feel where they are. They'll get, they'll get there. They'll get there. Um, Scamanda yeah. organized a lot of different types of fundraisers. Yeah. There's some regular <laughs> ones, right? <laughs> weightlifting. Yeah, weightlifting was the one for me. I was like... Yeah, it kind of jumps out like, oh, wow. Well, that's new. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're at church. This is a church one, and then weightlifting is part of it. I don't know. It was just strange. It's a good idea coming up with ideas, I guess. I mean, so Lindsay really does come off like a super fan of Amanda, especially when she first meets her. Which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. And the way she puts it, like Amanda pulled her strength from God and I pulled my strength from Amanda. Like that is some yeah. self-aware shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> why why do you think why do you think Lindsay was so in awe of Amanda? Just her ability to overcome and be positive? I mean, I think there's a part of that trauma competition that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Like she was so excited to be in her inner circle. And it was like, if, if, if she meant something to Amanda, she meant something, period. Like, it was important to feel like she meant something to Amanda. Where do you think that need or that praise in her comes from? I think it was exactly what you're saying. I mean, she's suffering so much. And her yeah. suffering is worse than mine because I caused mine. Oh, no, I know, but I'm just thinking uh, from her perspective and I'm, I'm not as like charming and Happy. bubbly as this one. Happy and solving charismatic, you know, in a lab at Stanford. Getting my I mean, PhD. how is she doing all this? I can't even do regular things. You know, do you think she was in awe of her? I think there was also an element of. I think she was sort of jealous of her probably attention. She wanted some. Yeah. She want she said it several times she wanted a piece of that in her own life. Yeah. And you know, 
And and when they were hanging out and she's finally part of the inner circle, she's like, and then sometimes you just get this once in a lifetime opportunity. So I'm like listening. I'm like, ooh, what, what happened? And it's just that she was in like the first three rows of a mega church. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. The Christian rock show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it. is that a once in a life? I mean, how many people are here? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I was like, oh, maybe it's like Taylor Swift. Like, I get it, you know? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was, I, know it was, I was really waiting for this once in well, a lifetime opportunity. Like Newsboys or something. DC Talk. Okay. Okay, so she's in the throes of her eating disorder. She's managing a, a 24-hour fitness, which also sounds horrible. Um, and then her manager uses her panic attack to get her to come to church, which is a bit sneaky. <laughs> I love how you make it seem so manipulative. Well, it is. Oh, okay, once <laughs> you can breathe normally again, can you sit down? I think we should take you to church. That's where I think the solution or maybe she cared about her and i know she's, she's in the chair that helps her out she's so like this could help you I, i'm getting to a compliment of the church okay oh sorry okay so she gets her into <laughs> church at you know you got to grab them and when they're at the bottom of the barrel like at the yeah. end of their rope um and then the way Lindsay talks about being there like she says she was expecting pews and she got a dance floor and she felt love in the air and everyone was friendly and everyone was welcoming. And she admits that she's an atheist and they're like, we don't give a fuck. We're just glad you're here. And I want to say good job church. I didn't think you'd go there, but yeah, no, I felt pretty good about it too. Yeah. I was like, she needs help. And if this is going to be the help, let's do it. And I think if I'm going to rail on churches or religion, when it, where I see flaws, I need to point out where I see goodness too. That's very, that's very nice, Ellie. So she pours herself into the church. And again, this is part of her control mechanism. She's asking for acceptance through serving and to be a part of a community. If you feel good somewhere, mm -hmm. you're probably going to go there a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. But then she, st she stopped going. Yeah. Well, she has a rough couple of years in and out of uh, hospitals. She finally gets on these new psych meds. And she says that these meds lead her into a manic and a psychotic episode where she's got this messiah complex. Now, I think the fact that she caught herself or was able to identify that she was in a psychotic break is hu a huge turning point for her. Mm -hmm. I mean, this Very self-aware. Super aware. And this is where she decides that she's going to truly begin again. She gives herself a new birthday. The, I think the biggest standout, I mean, that's huge. But I think the really big standout in this section is that she imposed a feeding tube on herself. Yeah. Dude, bro. I did a little bit of research about feeding tubes. It's not pleasant at all. Look it up. But she gets an NG feeding tube, um, which stands for nas na nasogastric, which means it goes through the nose, down your throat, into the stomach. And from all accounts, it's like fucking horrible. And she not only asked for it to be done to her, but then she went home and continued to do it to herself. Well, you'd still be connected, I think, right? All the time. 
I think you're not you have like to like chain. It. Well, yeah, I guess you have you, to change you have to the... maintain it and keep your nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, that's commitment. Jeez, Ellie. That no, is commitment I know. to getting better. Especially if you've got a poor relationship with food, food is dirty to you. No one can seem to figure out your fucking eating disorder because your PTSD is so terrible. But you know that if you don't eat food, eventually you're going to die. What's the extreme solution? Get yourself a feeding yep. tube. And she does it. I mean, that's commitment. She really wanted to live, you know. And at this point, Amanda texts her that she's had 100 days in the hospital. This is what really gets me about Scamanda, the bravado of her. her. She's staging her cancer scare for years. Like, how dare she? The sheer bravado of her. And when she's caught, she blames the devil. She blames her husband's ex-wife, of course. Mm -hmm. Again, the digging in, the doubling down. When when you get caught, you're going to dig in and double down. But eventually, you're going to be forced to accept accountability. But she doesn't really accept accountability until she's forced to by the IRS and the fucking judicial system. Because she's like, what a psycho. I mean, I don't want to, I, I would love to talk to Amanda. Amanda <laughs> I know that would be out amazing. There. <laughs> um, should we go to Texas and get an interview with Amanda? That's funny. That'd be amazing, right? But I want to, yeah, I want to be in her mind and understand What's what, going on there? how she thought she was going to get away with this. And then just to have that sort of, just all I can think of, the word I can only think of is bravado, arrogance. Mm-hmm. Ego, ego there. Yeah. But I feel like she could have really just gotten a job. I mean, if you're thinking like seven years, $100,000. Yeah, that's not that much. That's not that much. She sounds like she was pretty charming and interesting. And maybe that was just the cancer bit. But she was a happy person. She had children to raise. She could have She could have gotten like a regular job. Yeah. I mean, I bet the, I bet the original scam was like, okay, once the donations came in, maybe she was like, okay, I got to find a way out of this. And this is why she kept, she kept wrapping it up. Like, oh, it's been, it's a miracle. Oh, my babe, my pregnancy solved it. Cause she kept wanting to end it. Right. But then yeah. you get away from all of the accolades and the keep going Queens and the, you know, you can do it and here's some money and here's a concert and here's some praise. And I gave blood in your name and I'm sure that that is its own addiction. And now you're mm -hmm. just alone with like having just be a normal person with kids and like not working at Stanford or whatever. Like, and then you kind of just go back Step to back the scam. In. Can't help yourself. Oh, oh no. I got bad news at the doctor today. The cancer's back. Like that. Quick text. Yeah. And Quick then text like, to Lindsay. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Been thinking about you. Been praying for you. Yeah. I haven't talked to you in like a year. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm in the hospital. I spent a hundred days in the hospital. <sighs> like competition, the trauma competition. That feels like a new show on Without CBS. trauma. <laughs> right? Hosted by David Jeff Spade. Probst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, whoever. <laughs> Co-hosts. This is like trauma you've never seen before. This is trauma on a new level. Join us Tuesdays for 
trauma competition. This um, is never. <laughs> you've never you seen thought, anything you, like it. You thought you knew trauma? You've never seen trauma like this. It's the eighth season. It's On like, the oh shocking new season of trauma competition. <laughs> Someone's writing notes right now. Like, yes. I this is a good idea. Um, I really wish that we could have heard her witness statement. Inevitably, Scamanda's scamand out of here and and um and now Lindsay has this whole new purpose in life you know um she found redemption she's a good speaker and she can speak and she has this purpose to spread truth and it was it was ultimately this great gift that Amanda gave her in the end yeah it's like she learned all the good parts and that she could actually be that way Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of Trauma Bonded. You can find our show where podcasts are kept. If you like us, please rate and review us on Apple or other places, or reach out on Instagram and tell us what you really think of us, like how Ellie knows everything and has done everything. And is rude. And is also rude. Thanks to Lindsay for sharing their story and giving us the opportunity to talk about it. Thanks to the This Is Actually Happening team, including Whit Misseldine and Andrew Waits, and the maker of our music and website, Nathaniel Trimboli. Thanks to Forrest Chiras for editing this episode. You can contact us at traumabondedpod at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at traumabondedpodofficial. We are trauma bonded to the story, to the storyteller, to the listeners, and to each other. Thanks for spending time with us today. Love you, Ellie. Love you, T. Good job. Okay, we did it. We did it. And we did it in the 15 minutes I said. All right, have a good day. You too. Love ya. Love you. Bye. Bye. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.